here. We're here. Episode, episode seven. Seven. Oh my gosh. Let's this just. A, first. It's actually probably more like fourteen, given the, Pro- the priors. <clears throat> let's uh, let's just pretend those first three or four didn't happen. That's right. That was just a, a warm up. Yeah. I mean, both my first one not wearing a hat. I feel self-conscious. Oh, yeah, it's not. Uh, How was Vegas? Vegas is always fun because it's Vegas, but it's incredibly taxing because, well, it's work. Um, you figure, yeah. like, I don't remember how many people it is, probably 70 or 80,000 people per day. And uh, I don't go slow. I don't, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't lollygag. I like go, 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 go. I always buy brand new track shoes, not track shoes, uh, trail shoes before I go because I'm doing 10, 11 miles a day. Well, not even a day, like 10, 11 miles in like seven hours. So, Monsieur Wagner, good evening. Aloha. But uh, I saw some cool stuff, some new stuff. Um, I did reorders of some products that I needed to reorder, you know, stuff that, you know, normally I would buy 10 or 10, 10 or 20 of, I bought like 50 of because it was that good of a price, you know, that'll stock me up for a while. The problem is, is that my employer is on YouTube and Instagram and he's seeing all the new technology at the same time that I am. Yeah. And then he'll ask me, he'll be like, Hey, did you see this? And I go, no, I didn't even know it existed. He goes, well, you need to go look at it. Okay, great. That makes me look. That makes me look. <laughs> I'm on a scouting mission. He sees it on Instagram, but then again, there's other times when he's like, "Hey, man, did you see this?" And I go, "Yeah, it's a piece of crap. We're not buying it." So it's good. You know, it, it has its ups and downs. Yeah, I, I can see that. I tell you what, I smoke cigars every single night, and oh, yeah. uh, the prices are outlandish. Oh, um, sure, I can only imagine. I, yeah, and like for example, uh, I was when I go by myself, I stay at the Bellagio. Um, Cause I'm a spoiled brat and they have a cigar lounge in the casino, the Bellagio. Well, I walked in with some friends and we all pulled cigars out of our pocket. And the lady was like, Whoa, 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 no, no, no. You, you, you gotta buy ours to smoke here. Nope. Yep. So yep. all right, what is it? So stuff that should have been 12 to $15 was like $45. So needless to say, we went to a different venue. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Treasure Island has a uh, a place called Rum Bar, and they have their own miniature humidor. It's it's ninety percent Davidoff, um, but we always go there. And I brought my stick box with me, so I had one friend from I had two friends from Salt Lake. One of them he got a bunch of Cubans from, ironically, our mutual Miami friend who didn't make it. So he mailed him the Cubans. <laughs> And uh, we smoked those, and um, I smoked some Ligas, and uh, it was good. It was a good time. Oh, yeah. Drank a lot, ate a lot, smoked a lot, walked my ass off, power walked my ass off. So you had, like, basically, you came in neutral at uh, on the on the caloric intake and, and burn. Yeah, well. Everyone's saying I lost weight, and you broke even. Good when I got home. Now I broke even. I ate pizza like yesterday, and I'm like, so. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's yeah. that was my that was my gripe with Atlanta. Atlanta, the shots were the same way. I mean, it wasn't as bad, but like uh, my father, La Florida Las Antillas, which is normally for us like a eight ninety five for Toro. Um, right. I think they were wanting like fourteen or fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know what? 14, 15 bucks out of mind. But when it's like 300, 400%, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a problem. I was like, I didn't, I was like, I want to, that was probably one of the better cigars they had in their humidor at that shop I stopped at. So I was like, eh, I don't want a cigar that bad. Yeah. You know, we still had to go to the aquarium, which, you know, cost an arm and a leg. So I hear it's worth it, man. I hear it's amazing. It's, it really wasn't, I wasn't that impressed with it. Really? I'm not going to lie. It was so it, damn... First of all, it was so damn crowded. Like, I pretty much just stood along the wall and looked at exhibits, like, across the way while, you know, Katie and Child maneuvered their way through the, the horde. Um, yeah. It was just so crowded. It was it was really not all that enjoyable. Um, we went to the food court and got... Uh, just some like chicken tenders and some just basic like pizza or something like that. Like right. cafeteria grade food. This isn't yeah. even anything like special. Um, it was like 80 bucks for lunch. Um, dude, it was just, it was insane. It was that's crazy. There wasn't anything about it that really wowed me where I was like, wow, this is something I would never see in another zoo except for the whale sharks, like the whale. And even then they're obviously not the huge whale sharks you see on TV they're the tank size, like the the small, like two thirds the size of, or half, you know, a third of the size of a, like a giant one. You know, they're, so they're like what, like 10, 15 foot, something like that. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Still, but, I mean, it, it was cool to see them, but at the same time, I was like, I heard you can pay an exuberant amount of money and swim with them. Probably, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was cool. I'm glad. Like, we went for for Ellie's birthday, and I was like, "That's you know, she enjoyed it. She had fun." Awesome. It's all it but yeah, it's all really nothing about that aquarium that I was like, "What?" Like, I was accepting. I was, you know, I heard all the hype. I was expecting like a Narnia esque yeah uh, experience of an aquarium, and to to that, it did not live up to. So. Whatever, but do you think it's because you are in the world that you and I are in that we expect more, or we we expect something different? Not necessarily. I mean, it's an aquarium, so I'm not really expecting a whole lot of anything too exciting, anyways. <laughs> like at least the Charleston Aquarium, which is like an hour and a half from us, like they have you know copperheads and some diamondback terrapins and some other like native reptiles like they do have some they had a cool amazon exhibit for a couple years that was pretty nice you know they had some nice emerald tree bows and cool some other cool like not fish right 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 and they got a neat little walkthrough area that's like a little uh like atrium that has like birds like native storks and stuff too that you can like walk through and they've got all these diamondback terrapins roaming in these big huge tanks and you can like it is pretty like Charleston Aquarium is actually pretty nice. It's small, but it's it's pretty nice. Um, so I don't know. I haven't been there in a couple of years. There's also the uh, the Edisto Serpentarium, mm-hmm. which is not far up the road, and that's that's always cool because that was the, that's the Clamp Brothers. Um, one of them who is no longer with us. I don't remember which one. I think it's Hayward. Okay. 
Um, but that's always been a pretty cool operation. It's, it's different. They've got, uh, like you walk into the main building and there's like this huge pit and it's like 10 feet down and there's like a moat and they've got a bunch of exotic stuff all kind of all together in there. And they've got like some boa constrictors and some emerald tree boas and very cool. Um, I mean stuff that really doesn't live anywhere close to one another on a map, but, (laughs) (laughs) right. Uh, they got some cool, a lot of venomous stuff. They got, and then you go outside, they have a pit that has native non-venomous, and then you have another pit with native venomous. Uh, they got a bunch of alligators. They got some tortoises. And, uh, cool. it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. I got to check it out one day. Yeah, I want to go check it out again, and me and Jake should make a trip out of that. I want, I'm actually curious to see if we can do, uh, like, if I can do an article on it, see if I can get some, like, behind-the-scenes sort of. Great access i thought that'd be pretty cool or um i don't know even sort of i don't know I've, it's something i've been thinking about recently i don't know exactly what i'm gonna do yet but all right it'd be pretty cool well, that's not a, not a far drive uh, all right so what are we smoking this evening i'm smoking a particus Black label. They've changed their label. I'm not sure if I like it more than the old one or not. I kind of don't. I got to be honest. It looks very blasé from where I'm sitting. Yeah, it's nowhere near as cool as the old one. Right? You think so? Yeah. And I, and you know what's funny is I've never seen one in person because I can't find them by me. And I'm not an online kind of we guy. Don't, we don't carry these at the shop, but we have them. At, there's a local liquor store like right across the bridge from where I work that does. So when I'm feeling a black label, I hop yeah. over. But I've looked at so many, dude, and like on Instagram and like cruising the internet that I think the other label looks better. Uh, I will bring you one of these and one of the Cigar of the Years. Oh, well, you are a splendid fellow. I love these. They're like very steaky. I don't know how to describe yeah, it. You, they you have, a very, have a very steak-ish sort of flavor to them. And I don't know why I like that so much, but I do. It's just kind of odd. But got a new table for the podcast now too. I got a nice round kitchen table, so I'm not I having to pick your, it. Uh, I saw your time lapse from last week. That looked great. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I'm gonna send you a picture of this this new setup, dude, because I'm pretty pumped about it. Like we have a legit table now. I'm gonna have to keep clearing off my snake room table and bringing it in. It's brighter now. We have that, like, the studio is coming together. Like, I'm getting stuff on the walls. It's not even, I don't even want to call it the studio, but, like, a Gurkestein and some, an old uh, drum head from when I was playing music in a band. And cool. My, death, my faithful Deftones flag in the background awesome. there. Play Tony, love it. I was just listening to that album earlier today. Yeah. You saw the, the Tones tattoo, right? No. When did you get that? I've had that. I, was, I got that in, like, 2011. Oh man, that's great! How did I not see that? I don't know. How did I not see that? It's phenomenal. <laughs> and then I don't know, like, uh, like Gojira. I don't know if you ever listened to Gojira. Oh yeah, dude. And then Massive Attack. Why am I struggling? This is Massive Attack Blue Lines album. So I don't know. I'd get uh, I'd get all band tattoos if I could. Nice. As stupid as people think they are. I don't care. I love it. I Dude, I'll be honest. The pony looks great. Gojira is awesome, too. They were down here a while ago. And I missed it. 
Yeah, that was the first tattoo I got is the Deftones ones, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's 2011 that I got that. Nice. I think. Um, Man, you're a you're a, a late tattooer. I am. <laughs> I got that when I was 20. So. All right. I uh, first tattoo I ever got was the Brazilian rainbow boa that's on my leg. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, "Listen, what I want to do? He's a friend of a friend of a friend. He's done most of the tattoos for my friends, um, at least like in college days." And uh, he's like, listen, I don't want to make this look stupid. I want this to look as realistic as possible. So he's like, I'm going to do a particular type of grayscale first. And I want to give it like four months, five months to be perfect. And then we'll go in and we'll add the iridescence and the reds and the creams and the pinks. And I'm like, all right, that sounds great. And he did it. And the thing looks, it looks, it still looks, it's been 15 years now. It looks phenomenal. I never got a color in. And everyone yells at me still. To this day. Hey, you know, I had people asking if I was ever going to get this done. Yeah, but that, but that would, like, they don't understand. Like they think like a lot of people think I got this shaded in and that I gave up because it hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, no, it's cement. Like it, I wanted it to be a fade. I wanted it to be kind of like an inland Taipan kind of thing. Sure. Um, and I mean, that's one of my favorites, honestly, is this one. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love my, my regalis. Yeah. But that came out so realistic, dude. It's creepy. Yeah, she did a she did a great job. Except my friends then were like, "Hey, you know you have a cat's butthole on your arm." <laughs> now I can't unsee it. Yeah, right. Right. Um, and then this just I saw her on, as Katie calls it, because she thinks it's from Lord of the Rings. It's kind of right. Kind. It's supposed to be. I mean, it kind of is. I don't. Like, I, I wish there was more of a line. I think, like, from looking at the scalation and stuff. I think it is. I'm not sure yeah. exactly. No, my beard is is growing like crazy. I wash it every night, like thoroughly. That's what you got to do. You know what it I is? Got- it's the shadow makes it look way more Grizzly Adams than it is. It does that too. Like especially when I'm back here, like it makes yeah. it. Look, but I mean, it is. Yeah. And I got like my pasty neck, so like it doesn't. It's like a cutoff, and he's got the nice shadow. Maybe that's what I should do. I should get some lighting in here. Oh man, tattoos, snakes. What are you smoking? I am smoking a Cohiba Corona Habana that I brought to Vegas and I cut and never smoked. So I was like, let me let me smoke this before it starts falling apart or whatever. And it tastes phenomenal it's a little drier than i would have normally kept it i think it's because i took it with me you know but tastes great it's got a good draw but i'm looking at the band and i would show you but you're you're not gonna be able to see it the lettering this the the silver or you know light gold lettering of cohiba the embossment is stamped funky and I'm wondering if either it's a fake band or if the whole smoke's fake. I mean, it tastes it tastes and draws phenomenal. But like, I mean, let me see if I can. Oh, if it draws phenomenal, then it might be fake because Cubans can't roll for shit. See, like that that crinkle in the embossment. Mm, kind of. I mean, that could have easily been a manufacturing flaw. You know, that could have just been the the paper being off by a millimeter. 
Yeah, it could have been. And like, I, I rub my finger over it, and there's no, there's no like protrusion in the stamping. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I, I got, I got a lot of Cohibas. And then the other thing too is, look how close the, look how close the logo is. What's up, Katie? <laughs> look how close the logo is to the. Uh, to the chair. To the you're old. Oops. See how close the logo is to the seam? Yeah. It's not centered. So, like, if I was to center the cigar in front, like, if I was to center the band in front of the camera, that's center. But again, who knows? They're Cubans. You know yeah. I mean? I don't. It's it's funny. Like, the tobacco is, is very good, and it is very different flavor-wise. But, man, they are... Their construction is so inconsistent with the roll. Like, oh, okay. you'll get half a box that'll draw flawlessly, and you have no problem. And then you'll get a box where it's like trying to drink a frozen milkshake through a you know through a straw. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but these, I might have to go online and buy a box of these, dude, and, and maybe do it in time for Carpet Fest because these things are just bangers. Yeah. I'm not even really big on like 60 gauge, like bigger gauge cigars, but mm -hmm. these are just. So good. I picked up a uh, 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 blind man. Was it blind man's bluff from mm -hmm. Caldwell? I picked one up, and I think it's a sixty or sixty-two. Sixty. <clears throat> and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not gonna smoke this. Like the more I held it in my hand, like on the ride home, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, <laughs> why did I buy this big stupid thing? But I'm sure it'll be great. That is a very <laughs> good cigar. You know, all like that's one of the. In my opinion, that's one of the rare instances where you can have a cigar that's like three different blends, you know, a Maduro, a Connecticut, and then the, the normal Habano, and uh, all three be just phenomenal, you know. Mm -hmm. They're very mm. good smokes. That was... And I was so pleased with that uh, <clears throat> Eastern, uh, what is it, Eastern something. Eastern Standard. Eastern Standard. I want to say Eastern Promises. <laughs> but yeah, no, Eastern Standard. That thing was phenomenal. Sean, label, right? that's what you need to go grab is a Caldwell Eastern Standard. The white label? Yeah, the white label. Yeah, yeah. those are, that's just a, that's a bizarre, that's a bizarre smoke, man. I remember smoking that and it's just, it's very flavor wise. It's just, it's different from a lot of stuff. It's very weird. Weird. You get that grassy, citrusy sort of note to it. That's just, yep. it's, it's bizarre. I don't, I can't, I haven't Dry. smoked anything else that's like it. Dried alfalfa. That too. It takes me back to my farm days, like dried off alpha. Mm. So tell me about uh Yes. You know what you're gonna do is you're gonna you're gonna have that one thing that you may not even have a snake anymore, Cox. You might not, you may be a snake that you had ten years ago, and you'd be like, you know what? I gotta get that tattooed. I was actually this close to getting the 13 colony snake on my forearm, mm -hmm. the 13 colony initials and uh, uh, a local acquaintance. He got it. And I was like, obviously, obviously there's more than one person with that ta same tattoo in that same spot on their forearm. But like, right. I know the guy and I'm like, now I can't get it. <laughs> so I don't know. I might still do it. You wasted the good surprise on you. Right? <laughs>
Uh-oh. I mean, I'm already kind of I'm kind of struggling a little bit. Uh-oh. Burning a little off. Canoeing a little bit? Ah, it's just I'm burning it too I'm smoking it too quick. Mm. Which here's a, a cigar lesson for people. If you start to get the cone, like you get the point where your cigar starts looking like a red rocket. Yep. <clears throat> now it doesn't necessarily mean this, but it is, I mean, because it is possible that they use in a filler and binder because they are more, they, they can be more dense. Like you can get more of a point, but typically I, I find if you get that point on a cigar when you're smoking, you're smoking it too fast. So when I get the point, I just sit it down for, let it cool off ash it and it's usually right back to normal so pro tip if you get the point where it looks like a pencil burning it too fast a rocket it looks like a rocket mm -hmm. yeah i've uh, i've actually and i got yelled at for this by multiple old men where i started to you know pencil tip a little bit so i would let it cool slightly and then once I saw that the core embers were grayed out, I literally just broke the tip of the pencil, you know, and I'm not smothering it at all because I'm not, I'm not depriving it of oxygen. I'm just snapping that tip off, but I waited for it to, to fully smolder. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. And they were like, I can't believe you just, you just stuck your cigar in the ashtray like a cigarette. I'm like, no man, I'm fixing it. Like relax, you know? You should just let it those burn are, natural. Those are usually the, the same guys that are like, I've been smoking cigars before you were born, but then when they go to put out a cigar, they like smash it into an ashtray and rub it around, which if you know anything, like you don't do that. If you're in a cigar shop and you're smoking a cigar and you're done with it, drop it and leave it. You don't have to smash yeah. it because for whatever reason, it smells horrible. I don't know why. But when you smash a cigar like that, it does not smell good. Or better yet, what I hate is, like, all right, I'm guilty of, if there's a beer bottle, I'm going to put my cigarette button in. Like, that's just, yeah. maybe that's just me being a good old boy. I don't know. But if there's an empty beer bottle, I'm putting my cigarette in. I hate it when guys take a stogie, regardless of how much is left, and they have, like, an empty glass with ice, or they have a glass that has a little bit of liquid in the bottom, and they just go, and put it out, and then they put that in the ashtray. And it's like, now I have wet stinky tobacco and it Who smells worse than they smell. Uh, I see it all the time, man. I see it all the time. Uncultured swine. So. I have, so, I have. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I think this, there's a ghost because my ladder. Is you, got bear, you got a bear to lose? Um. Not today. Good. Um, so I was just on the, the BSR auction site, the Best Eagle Reptiles auction. They have a whole website now, I guess. They ditched Facebook, or Facebook ditched them, rather. So they right. now have a whole website where they do their auctions, which is pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. I want it like I want something like that for Carpet Fest. It's very straightforward. Like it's literally just auctions, nothing else. No frills, not fancy, super high tech. Um, and so there's, there's some Korean rat snakes on there, which you don't see often. 
Right. There's a pair of them. So I like bid on. I bid on a male. No one had bid on it yet. It's got like two days left. So I was like, I'll try it. You know, see what happens. There's yeah. a female. A few people have bid on. Okay. Or no, it's the opposite. The female I bid on, the male's been bid on already. Whoever has been bidding on this thing has the item like has like the auto bid thing set. So anytime you place a bid, uh, it automatically auto like some kind of thinking this is kind of jacked up because what if I'm the guy that has the auto bid and some fool comes in and it's like a thousand bucks because I know it's going to outbid me. Like they well, no, you have to do that and then leave. No, there should be, there should be presets. So like on some of the auction sites that I use for my work, uh, you put in your maximum bid. So let's say your maximum bid is 500 bucks and the bid's already at 100. You can set it for $10 or $25 increments. And so I have it set for $10 increments. I bid 110. You counter offer or counter bid and you're at 120. Well, before I even look at it, it'll automatically do 130 because it knows it can keep going until I get to 500. And once I hit 500, I'm out. I'm done. Do you think so, that that's kind of whack? The auto bid well, thing, no, it's like an auction, like be there, be present, be paying attention. You want to win, you got to, you got to, you got to be in it. Yeah, but dude, if the auction's eight days, you know what I'm saying? Now, what I don't like is that someone will do a penny auction, right? And penny auction is the best, in my opinion, because a penny auction shows you the true market value of the item, Right. There's no reserve. There's no buy now price. It literally starts in a penny, and you know it's going to go for what its market value is. Right. So let's say something that's worth $500, just so we have nice, you know, normal numbers. Starts off at a penny. The first day or two, let's say it's a week-long auction. First day or two, people are going to bid, and they're going to go oh, 120 oh, 200 But then they're just going to stop, right? Because if the thing's only worth 500 bucks, nobody wants to pay that. Now, you'll get somebody that swoops in at 2 in the morning because they're drunk and they're like, ah, screw it, 500, that's easy, boom, and they get that. Well, it tells me that that's what it's worth. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't ever have a problem putting in that auto bid thing because I put my cap and I have an idea of what it's uh -huh. worth and I have an idea of where it's at. But those guys, they keep going, they keep going, they keep going, and then they get in a bidding war, and they're drunk at two o'clock in the morning, and they pay twelve hundred dollars for something that's only worth five hundred bucks. I'm just like I'm, I'm kind of confused because the female had like no bids on it, so I put bid, I put a bid on it, cheap one. It starts at like ten bucks, so I was like, okay, twelve, eleven, Good. whatever. But the male, granted, it's I think I bumped it up to like forty-five, thirty-five, like. I just, I don't know. I like, I, I it, it's kind of frustrating when a computer is just going to continue to outbid me until I hit a certain number, which is probably going to be more than I want to pay. So it's right, but 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 see, if you put the cap, if you put your cap, it doesn't matter. If you're prepared to, like, let's say I'm finding a because uh, I, I do a lot of gun stuff. Let's say I find a collectible gun that hasn't been made in 30, 40, 80 years, whatever it may be, and I know that gun's worth five hundred bucks. I'm prepared to pay 500 bucks. I will put my thing at 500 bucks. It's not going to bid for me immediately at 500. 
but it's going to keep going. And then when it does hit 500, if I'm out, I'm out. And it asks me, it says, hey, you know, do you want to continue? Are you sure? I mean, I guess the joke's on this guy because I'm just going to continue to up the bid, and then I guess I'm just going to get bored, and then he can get stuck paying more. So, uh, Or you win the snake, like and then all of a sudden... Like, that's what I'm saying. Is like You can't get mad when you set your shit on auto bid, and then people jack up the price and then realize they're not going to win. Like, they're not going to outbid you because you've set the freaking minimum so high. Like, now you're right. just going to pay more than if someone had just ignored it. So, but if you want it, if you want it. And it always does it by a dollar. That's weird. That's weird. Is it there a 15-minute rule? No. Is there, is there a 15-minute rule or no? It doesn't look like it. That's shady. That's frustrating. Let me win, damn it. Korean rat snake. They're very similar to the Russians. Apparently, they used to be thought of as like a subspecies, but now they're their own thing. Nice. One of my uh, smooth knives <clears throat> actually came from one of the Ben Siegel auctions. My good friend Marcus uh, put a bid in for 25 bucks, and it went up going back and forth. And then he, one night, was like, ah, I'll pay 100 bucks for it. Whatever. It's a male. And he won. He's like, all right, cool. So I got an adult male. For hundred bucks, worked out. Not even gonna continue to bid. Screw it. Maybe I'll win the mail, and then I'll be stuck with a lone male. And but then you have the hunt of finding the female, and half the time it's all about yeah. The I'll find a, a female when that male's like fifteen years old, and probably. Decrepit and blind. Hey man, I I assumed that that tannin bar was a male just by looking at him. I was like, "Yo, look at his his butt, look at his tail. That's a boy, and sure as heck he's a boy." And you know what? That's fine. I got a cool ass snake, and uh, if I find him a girlfriend, rock and roll. The trick is, do I find him a girlfriend for a reasonable price? That's the kicker. Well, I mean, I know I like Korean rat snakes. You don't see for sale often, right? Right. So, I don't know. Or when I finally breed those pygmy rattlesnakes uh, and I mail them all to Nipper, he can mail you a female that he paid, you know, thirty pounds for. <laughs> I'm trying to get some freaking boy out of that fool. Brandon, what are you talking about? Which I think he's just saying in general. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, that is a good point. Like, most people won't sell females singly, especially if it's something that's harder to find. Yeah. That's my problem with the knobtails, man. Nobody wants to sell a female by herself. It's always with a male. And it's like, well, crap. How many males am I going to have? You know? So I don't know. So, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm better off winning the female if I do. Because lone males, most people don't have an issue parting with. That's true. Or somebody might have a mail and they're like, hey, man, borrow it for a month, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's uh, that one supposedly like head albino or something, too, which I really don't give a shit about. But mm. uh, I, don't, I forgot to give it to you because I was in Vegas, but uh, Henry sent me a link. Somebody found a naturally occurring albino Calliophus, which I thought was super uh, cool. 
Yeah, I saw that, dude. That shit was nuts. That. And like, I'm not even big on that, but that thing was screaming. Yeah. On fire. Uh oh, you're frozen. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Brendan, they, <laughs> I've seen that multiple times with rare stuff. Multiple times. I actually, I wouldn't mind some Angolan pythons. Those look cool. Dude, Angolans are awesome. I passed up a pair like a, like a jerk a couple years ago, and I kind of regret it. Yeah. But uh, funny is, <laughs> before I got the uh, the male brittles that I have now, Mark, my friend Mark and I, we, were, we got females uh, from Jay, and I could not find a male for the life of me. Nobody had a, a, a baby or a female male. And then now, I mean, now you can probably find one. But like, I got mine. I love mine. He's my he's my dog. But, dude, it was a good year of not seeing anything. I still have a male stone watch for, for sale, if anyone's interested. You're not going to sell that thing, man. It's your pet. It's your baby. You love that. <laughs> I love my normals, and I love that stone watch male, but I also need the stone watch male run. Yeah. I need to I need to sell it and give Casey like half the money because I still have like Oh really? He uh Yeah, he's he like he sent them to me. He's he's really good dude. He sent me he's like, yo, I really need space. I'll send you a pair of these and you can pay me whenever. And I was like, okay. <clears throat> and uh I paid off like half of it, but I All told right. I like I told him he, he knows he's aware. It's not like I'm not telling him, yeah. not paying him. Yeah, no, like, I told him straight up. I told him straight up. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm downsizing on these, so I'm probably gonna sell the pair. You know, I'll, I'll send you whatever's left as soon as they get sold." And I sold the female, but I sold the male, and the females I had. Okay. So and you got you get what you wanted for it. Yeah. Good. Good. When she went to uh, Oregon. Mm. Excellent. Do well up there. Yeah, I shipped when I probably shouldn't have. Because uh, it was like crazy cold in Memphis that week or that, uh, that night. But made it mm -hmm. fine. Rattles, I'm not too worried about with the harsh, you know, harsh shipping conditions. We're fine. Right. Oh, I look, my so damn bad. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about it. The uh, shout out to my cousin who just joined in. Thank you for partaking in our live feed. Uh, yeah, Inlands, uh, the one that I had sent you pictures of, that one big male, passed away. What? I think it was I think it was pawned off from person to person to person too much and it just never recovered. It sucks. Oh yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. That thing was stellar. Did you ever do the, the double V? No, and I I, I I think I asked you that like two shows ago. I haven't, and I probably should have on this one seeing as how it's already cut. 
But I do it on like bigger gauges, makes it a little easier to Yeah, you were saying like fifty-eight and bigger. Yeah. Mm. So talk about NPR and how great it was. It's always a blast, man. It's the second time I've been on. The first time was me and Jake together when we kind of first started the podcast. And uh, Eric asked me to be on. Um, when did I do that? That was like Monday, right? Something like Unless, that. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, because he I, messaged me, I think, that Friday or Saturday. And uh, did it. It was fun, man. It's always an honor to uh, to be asked by the, the OGs of the, the Rikab podcast. The Godfathers. Realm. It's the Godfathers. The Godfathers. And uh, talking about and some bears. I mean, we talked a little bit about everything, really. Um, apparently, yeah. this they, they like this this was considered a like a third or fourth pot third podcast. I know. I, I heard. I, I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's if, if me and Phil weren't recording, this is sort of the same shit we'd be talking about anyways you know so it was like why don't we just record yeah. it and there's just some of the sometimes we get in some really good good information and stuff out there so i was like why aren't we saving sure. this absolutely absolutely <laughs> i love doing this man this makes me happy as hell yeah it's fun. I'm, I'm super glad to be back at it uh-huh. yeah it was lonely without you man for like a week i was just sitting around i know I like Dude, like, not to sound like a weirdo or a creep, but like, you and I talk pretty much every day. If if it's not just one text message or two text messages, whatever. But dude, I, my, I got my weekly report from my phone. You know, iPhone says your weekly report was up two hours of screen time or whatever it was. Dude, I was down on my screen time twenty eight percent this week. Mine was like fifty percent. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Dude, I was like out of it because here's the thing too. Like I'm on my phone because like I'm I'm sending emails, I'm making phone calls, I'm taking pictures of receipts, I'm scanning shit. But like I wasn't on Instagram, so like or Facebook, so like I wasn't on social media at all this week. And normally when I go, I take a lot of pictures, take a lot of video, you know, show off some stuff, post some stuff. But this year I was just like, go go go. I really I messed up because I thought my flight was at 6 p.m. and it wasn't. It was at noon. So like I thought oh, I had the whole day to work at the show, and then I yeah. realized, oh my god, no! So I went for like an hour, bought a couple things, and I dipped. Nice. Mm. I'm so ready for Carpet Fest, man! It'll be here soon. Here we go. Three weeks? Two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. Because I just got paid, and that happens on the same weekend I get paid again. Excellent. So, not planning on spending. A whole bunch of money, except for the cigar. Yeah. Uh, Ian sent me a, a link to, I guess, a sign up for stuff that we're supposed to bring. But yeah, I, I did that I, last year. I, that actually that makes it a little easier. That way, no one's like you don't have three people bringing the same thing. Okay. Because because like I messaged Cody, I messaged Cody months ago, and he was like, "Just bring water and beer. No problem." Yeah, I mean it's it's mostly like other stuff we need, like paper towels and you know the usual like yeah. party accoutrement. Um, party accoutrement. That, 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 yeah, 
that website makes it really easy because it tells you who signed up for it. Like if it's signed up for, it's just, we did that last year and it, it was actually made life a lot easier. So Good. I didn't sign up Good. for anything yet. I figured I'd wait a little while. I, I kind of, I kind of feel, and I feel kind of rightfully so that I've, I've done enough on the back end of things to where I'm really, I'm not worried. I'm not going to do uh, like, I haven't told Ian yet, but like come the like live auction, I'll be doing shit. Like I'll video the Nido panel. I'll take right. some pictures. It was like, but other than that, I am fucking kicking it when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. I got you, bro. You deserve every <laughs> fucking iota. Like everyone else can handle everything else. I'm just like, I'm, yep. I'm day of. Sitting back, smoking cigars all day, chilling. That's that, it, man. That's it. That's it. Like huh, someone else needs to, other people need that. to jump in. He's <laughs> not right. even going anymore. He can shut up. I know. Um, I was actually not going to bring it up because I'm, he and I were talking today, and I, I still haven't figured out how I want to do living conditions. And um, him and I will talk Steve, more about that later. But, yeah, Stephen Poole was uh he was getting an Airbnb with with someone else, but apparently they're not going now. So, I believe it's just him and his son, and they're staying at like this lake house. It's not far from P and Cody's at all. I told him to hit you up. Um, okay. And that I and that I let you know. So, you know that's you're not staying with six people, and it's maybe a little more low key and and easier. So. Well, to be honest, man, I told you I have that brand new tent. I've used it for like one weekend of hunting. So my yeah. my my last resort is just a post up tent next to you and fuck it, you know. If you don't stay, can you bring that anyways? Of course. Since I have Absolutely. I have yet to hunt one down. I haven't talked to my parents or anything yet if they have another one because we used my parents last year's, but that thing was such a nightmare to pack up that literally I took it home. And my dad like threw it away. He's like, this thing's horrible. He tried to get it back in the bag because we kind of got it back in. Right. But it just, it had this stupid like spring loaded thing on the top that you like apparently just like uh, pushed up and it just yeah, magically it, popped. It, it. It, it, yeah. It was horrible. So my dad, yeah, he's like, I hate this thing. I'm getting rid of it. What's, so, what's Jake doing? And Billy? I believe we're just camping. I haven't heard anything else. I've had a bunch of people come to me and they're like, hey, we got an Airbnb. Uh, you want to stay with us? I'm like, I just want to camp. Here's my thing. That I, I'm cool with camping, but I told you, I don't want to overstay my brand new welcome and be like using P and Cody's facilities. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I'm sure they expect it, but like. The really, last year, though, you know, you'd be surprised because I was thinking a ton of people would camp out last year. Yeah. But I think literally it was us and like the Ruas that camped out, and that was it. Like no one else camped out. Everyone else either like dipped out super early in the morning, went back to the hotel or whatever. Because um, I was like, oh, we can camp out. I was like, I was thinking, you know, a lot of people would be doing that just because it's convenient. Um, yeah. But nobody, nobody did except for us and then Dallas and Amanda. So I really, it's not. I don't think it's gonna be that many people that are gonna be doing it, honestly. But All right, I'd rather well, camp out on the winter than the summer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. This is the time of the year to camp. I'm not camping any other time. I, I, I ain't about sweating and 
in the muggy Florida humidity. If it's general gun season for the state of Florida, I'm okay camping. If it's not, <laughs> mm -mm. I lived here for too damn long to be fighting off them skaters. It was actually pretty freaking cold last year. I know. Dude, it, was I pretty, got, it was pretty windy that year, too, for that, that day. I, I haven't got any updates on my hoodie. I'm hoping to God I have it before the weekend. I'm sure you will. They're usually very well. They told me before the fifth. So, yeah, they're usually pretty spot on. I'm curious to see how the print quality comes out because I don't do a Teespring in the past. I haven't been too pleased with some of it. Um, right. Like the, the the shirts were done on Canva, like through the through the thing we used to make the magazine. And those, right. I was actually those. I thought the print quality on those came out great. Those were um, phenomenal. Do, did you get the one for Nipper or no? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I need to ask him because he he said he was he ordered those binoculars and he wanted me to send them to him because he couldn't get them shipped to him from whoever he was buying them from. Right. But I need to ask and see if he actually ordered them or not because they have not. What what were they? Maybe I can get them, like order them wholesale. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I don't know if he's even ordered them yet because I I gave him my address to send them to my house. But I have I've been checking the mail and nothing showed up. So Yeah. Um I'm just gonna message him right now before I forget. I know he's sleeping right now, but um that way I can at least get him in. I have like a week or two to order them if I can, you know what I mean? Fuck, I may even have him in stock. Use them for evil anyways. <laughs> right. Right. You'd think his work would have provided him with. I was kind of saying, I was like, you guys don't have binoculars? Um, unless he's being a total weirdo and he wants them for birding or something. Yeah, right. Dude, if Nipper he starts birding, birding, that's hilarious. I know. If he starts birding, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Give us your man card, Reed. No, but I figured I if if I figured out what the binocular situation was, yeah, I'd order a shirt and then just include that in the box or something. So he'll shut up. Yeah. I'm really I'm trying to convince him to send me some voice for like figure <laughs> out what I gotta do as far as getting those shipped from over there to over here. Right. Because I was like, oh, you know, I'll pay if you, if you make them, you know, you hook me up for cheap. Like, I don't mind paying. Yeah, paying right. Make cheap. it worth a while for both of you. <clears throat> well, I told him, I said, listen, man, if that pygmy drops babies, I'm literally sending him all of them. I'm going to get them eating and just send him all of them. So if she has like 10 in the litter or 12 in the litter, whatever, he can get them all. Have you shipped international before? Nope. I don't know what all is involved in figure it out. I mean, it must not be that that difficult because people do it you know no but from what i gather is it's not difficult it's the it's the expense you have to make right. it worth your while you know yeah i remember uh, back in the day uh, our mutual acquaintance with the bushmaster mm -hmm. i uh, i happened to glance upon his invoice for uh <laughs> of all things parviocula and uh the freight from east africa through swiss air with a stop in, I think it was a stop in Vienna, which was weird. 
to me um, was like $2,700. We're talking about a big crate full of vipers, you know? Right. There was someone in the UK who was breeding Cresteds at one point that I had talked to because they had some really nice ones. And uh, they said they right. shipped to the US. And I messaged them. I was like, well, how much is it? And I think they said it was only like 150 bucks. Mm. Which to me wasn't that bad, considering I was expecting more. But I mean, you're also yeah, talking I mean, about probably yeah. a small box, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah. This was also a long time ago, man. And Delta Dash used to be a lot more expensive back then, like for like venomous okay. in, in country. Mm-hmm. Dude, I remember. I remember a friend of mine. He bought some rattlesnake. I don't know what the hell it was, but he bought it. It was in a little ass wooden box, and it was like two hundred bucks back in the day. I know they got a lot better nowadays. Hmm. You know, Mike at uh, not not Mike Arnold, but Mike uh, Houtzager at Reptiles Express, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago. Right, right. He was he talking about uh, the tractor and all that. He's talking about making shipping internationally a lot easier. Which I feel like I, I truly believe if anyone's going to be able to do it, it's going to be him. Just in of my course, in my minimal interaction with him, he seems like he's he's in pretty tight with the people at FedEx. Like he's of course he knows the right people. I think he could make it happen. You know, I think he's, he knows the right questions to ask. He knows how yeah. to get it done. And I'll be honest, if you and I want to be guinea pigs, I'll be guinea pig with you, provided it's not a twenty-seven hundred shipment. <laughs> right. Because my thing is, is like Nipper has species of Boiga that no one in the States really has anymore. Like Jordan Russell used to have, I think, uh, some of sort of the uh, oddball species that, that you really didn't see much. Um, but Nipper has some of those. And like, I really, I'm, I'm really wanting to, if I can, get some of those from him and sort of establish those species in the States for the people that are appreciative of that group and stuff. Um, right. I mean, what are you looking for? Like divergens and nigriceps or what? Uh, well, I mean, you can get signed on, you can get nigriceps. Like those are all easy to get here in the States for the most part. Like you can go to Statue and get both of those species right now for 150 bucks a piece. It's oh, like really? the, uh, yeah, it's some of the more oddball stuff like the uh, Jaspidea and um, what was the other species he had? Damn it. I can't remember it off the top of my head. He's had some other species that were just very odd. Nipper has some that like very few people in, the, in Europe even have. Um, right. I don't know what he, if, you know, I think they're a way off from being pretty breed season ready but um i don't know we'll see but i definitely want to get my hands on some some good cat bread melanota um you know i want to start out with solid captive bread animals i i don't have a problem doing imports with boiga i mean there is like he's talked about on the show too like imports are Kind of like chondras, like they are, you you are doing yourself a disservice if you're kind of just getting into them and you're starting out with cap, you know, imported animals. Right. <clears throat> um, but you've been around the block enough to know how to go about it. Right. Right. You know, I would have full confidence in you taking care of some wild caught melanota. I mean, I just had mine passed, but dude, how many over the years, dude, like not to sound cocky, like, Tens and tens, I don't want to say hundreds, but like tens and tens and tens of them. I've had eat for me and poop for me and be happy. And I like, we sold them off, you know? And of course, the mm-hmm. one time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get my own. And the thing friggin' dies. 
No, Ryan, I'm not going to get a regular established because those are those are on the U.S. and in, in, injurious species yep. thing. So no one imports those. Um, even though, I mean, granted, they wouldn't survive in 99% of the country. <laughs> they wouldn't take off. But, you know, you, the you government take doesn't make that. Huh? I said you take over one island. <laughs> right, right. Everyone loses their mind. Mm -hmm. No, but I, I do eventually, I would love to get my hands on some of the uh, latifasciata and um, yeah. divergens if I ever reach that tax bracket. Uh, I saw someone posted a pair on Fauna. They're like $3,000 for the pair or something like that. Well, did McCurley ever sell his babies? I don't know. Because he had like three clutches, right? That were like champion clutches. Probably he had like whole videos. Oh yeah. Huh. He was like showing I know he had them, and I yeah, I know he was breeding them, but I don't know what ever happened. To those <laughs> mm. you know, who knows? Anything could happen to those damn things, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, if you do get something from Nipper like that. I'm going to probably have him source me telescopus. You know, he'd, he'd do it too. I know. And then you'd like make some fun of the Gemma Like the Gemma would be cool too. The Sulawesis. Yes. Yep. The Mini Bandit or whatever. Well, yeah, those are the ones that turn solid black. You know, they start out with like that cool, with like they look like a, a Melanota with a ton more bands, but right, they right, start right. out yellow and they fade to orange. And then eventually yep. that all goes away and they just turn solid black. Yep, the, the midnights. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm. But I mean, in terms of like Boyga in the States, though, we're really, we, we barely have any of this. Like, there's like 30 plus species in that genus, I think. Right. It's surprisingly large. And I mean, we really only have a handful here. So, yeah. I think it also comes down to the people, the keepers in the States are not as, I don't want to say they're not as eccentric enough to have Boiga, but it's becoming more, more eccentric people are getting more excited about them, which is good. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get, I understand why they're not popular. Like I get it. They're, they're an oddball snake. That's kind of like notoriously hard to sort of get going as babies um, you know, they're being, they are venomous. They are rear fangs. You know, they're not like right. a hog nose where you can just play with it all day and you don't have to worry about it chewing on you. Like, right. Some of them, I mean, if you've ever seen a big cynodon, like they're not really small snakes by any means. They're, they're yeah. super thin, but man, are they long? Um, you know, they, they're not a play with me snake either. I think that's a big thing. Oh yeah. Like my, my interaction with mine is so minimal. Like I, I don't take mine out. If the male's out cruising at night, you know, I'll open the door and just kind of let him poke his head around and check things out. But the moment I like move, that's when he gets all pissy and stuff. And so I close it. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm hopefully mine will be a, mine will be of size next year for breeding my cyania so i look forward to it man that. little snappy glow worms 
I'll be right back. Uh, Cox, I don't know if you heard, but I guess uh, the calendar for NPR, I guess Eric was saying that um, they had some setbacks with certain photos and they wound up having to change photos and that's why there was a delay. I didn't get one. I neglected to. Um, I have yet to get one. Um, but from what I gather, that was the the reason why it's being delayed. So. So what do you people like more? Do you like more cigar talk? Obviously, we're all snake people. We want more snake talk or herpetoculture talk. Excuse me. I do think it's hilarious that Sean and Ryan are our biggest fans. Love it. Every episode. Yeah. All right. I wonder if my cousin's still watching. Probably not. He probably has more important things to do. All right. So, uh, Sean and Ryan, what's new with you boys? Obviously, Cox is not coming to Southeast Carpet Fest, and I'm morbidly sad about that. I was expecting bear hugs and bourbon. Very sad. Wait, you, how is that possible? I thought you said you had to do training for work. New business for Mr. Wagner. Uh, uh, so, Sean, is it your personal business? Like you started your own or you have switched from one job to another in the same field? And right now, Cox, I only have one big giant wild caught female pygmy and i'm convinced that she's gravid she didn't eat for the first three months that i had her and she just started eating now and she's still gigantic so i'm actually i haven't been upstairs in a couple days so i'm kind of hoping to go up there and see like a bunch of slime and babies But I do, I do love pygmies. They're awesome. Oh, uh, well, that sucks. You know, you should just rearrange that training and come party. I'm just saying. Do some night class online nonsense and Southeast Carpet Fest. Man, this uh, Habano is going pretty quick. I'm going to have to get another one in a little bit. Fate worse than death. Nice. Very good, Cox. Break in those new toys.
Cool, Sean. Very cool. And may we ask what the new business is, Sean? And you know, maybe this band is real. For those of you who have been watching the whole thing, I questioned if the band was fake earlier because the, the embossing on it is a little funky. But I just took it off, and it actually came off quite perfect. There we go. I wish that I could throw the comments up on the thing like Justin does, but since he is in control, I cannot do that. Um, Ryan Cox asks uh, about some good stogies that I've recently had. I was talking about the Caldwells earlier. Um, the Eastern Standard White Label is a phenomenal smoke. Absolutely awesome. Um, first third is just enough spicy to get the ball rolling. Um, middle third is very, very unique notes. Uh, I would call cut alfalfa, like dried alfalfa, um, maybe some hay, you know? Um, and then it just blends into just a good blended smoke. Um, so definitely check out the Codwell stuff. Um, oh, and Sean's building cages again. Rock and roll, man. Awesome. What kind of materials are you using? Yeah, I think that, that's the page I liked on Facebook the other day, right, Sean? The one you messaged me about? <clears throat> How's that, Regis? That black label is definitely something people need to try. Dude, I need it. I friggin' need it. I can't find it. I'll, I'll grab you one of those, too. I love you. Sexually. Speaking of cages. I have another bone to pick, another gripe, a grievance, in the in the words of NPR. Yes. Airing of the animals. Animal plastics, dude. Oh yeah, that was the that was going to be the whole point of tonight's cast. <sighs> I so, hate to badmouth businesses and people, but credit where credits due. Whether it's good or bad, Go they on. make good stuff. Okay. But, holy shit. Okay, so apparently I got lucky. Like I'm not complaining about the lead time. Right. I ordered mine in November, like early to mid-November. I don't exactly remember. <laughs> you like that rhyme I just dropped? That's pretty good. I did. Um, and I just like I, I got an order confirmation when I when I ordered it. OK, so it's like, cool. So then like come early year this month, I messaged him and said, hey, I just I was hoping for an update on my order. Like, 
Do I have some sort of window of when I can expect it? Like I wasn't rushing them. I wasn't like, Hey, I want my cage. And I want it now. Cause I know any cage maker, you know, there's going to be a lead time unless it's sea serpents right. and it's like a week. I like, I expect that. That's okay. I get it. Chris it's not something you could just crank out and have out same day, whatever. Right. <clears throat> but they were like, Oh yeah, we have your order. It's on our, it's on our to-do list. Thanks. And I was like, I would literally rather you just lie to me and tell me I'll have it in March, you know, yeah. June, whatever. I don't care. But then now, I finally got. You would rather have someone lie to you and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be 90 days. And then in, in 90 days, there's nothing there. I would rather have them say, hey, man, I don't know. And be honest. See, and I, like, that's fine. But at least just give me some sort of window. Like, yeah, you can expect it sometime in February or March. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not sure exactly, but with the way things are currently looking, you know, expect it end of March. Now, is that because they, not to cut you off, but I'm sorry, is that because they have day jobs and they're trying to fit this into their off time? Or is that because they're overburdened? So. No, like, this is what baffles me, is that it's literally a business where they have so much business that they're losing business. Because they have so much business. Supposedly. It could be a facade. It could be. I've seen but that. I, don't, I, I don't understand how you can have, like, have so many orders with people and not take, and I mean, surely there's something I don't know, and it's entirely possible and probably likely that there is something I don't know, but... To me, looking at what I've seen just from other people talking about them, it's like, how do you get this much business and not put that money into more infrastructure, more employees, or something to help expedite this issue? Because they're literally losing business because they take right. so long. They're developing, they're developing a reputation of being unreliable. Mm-hmm. That's it. Which is unfortunate because their prices are really good. That's the reason I bought for them. I'm not right. going to do it again because the other issue and the main issue, like I, like I said, the lead times aren't the problem. The other issue is it's shipped in two boxes. I got one box on Friday. The other box never showed up. They came in at the same time into Port Wentworth, which is in Savannah. And so I got one box and then I, cause I, they came to the downtown shop and I, I texted my boss. I was like, Hey, did FedEx bring two boxes? And he's, he's, I said, did FedEx come? And he said, yeah. So I got there. There was only one box. And so I looked, looked around because maybe my boss had put the box in the back room or something. Wasn't there. Right. I said, was there only one box or two? And he said, one. So then I went to the tracker. And it was like, yeah, that'll be delivered next business day. Which okay. is Monday. Right. And so I'm like, so I get half a rack on Friday. I get the other half Monday. It's like, why wouldn't you just ship it all in one box i don't know which Let's yes it, it, like fedex is to blame to a degree but this wouldn't have happened if they had just shipped it all together in one thing so true it, it, may, goes, not been, uh, it may not be dimensionally sound you know i don't know but it, the whole thing's just been kind of a nightmare um you know if it's one of those things where i'm like yeah i'll order a cage i don't need it anytime soon you know i'll get it sometime before i turn 30 right uh, preemptive and whatever 
But this was like one of their quicker ship items. Like literally, you go to the website. There's two products in their quick ship section, and it's this rack and then some cage. And so I, I was under the impression quicker ship meant, hey, you'll probably have it in like a month. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Quick ship. Six. Quick ship should mean I already have it in stock, ready to go. Right. It's already made. Tomorrow. You just right. got to box That's it up and send cool. it out. Yeah. So I have a company that we do a lot of work with or we have over the years. They're in Oregon and uh, they're the best at what they do. Hands down the best, but they party their asses off. And I know for a fact they have a, a adequate staff, but if they tell me three months, I tell the customer six. And if it comes in three months, if it comes in a month, great, wonderful customers. Right. happy. But I'm not going to, and here's the thing though. I had to learn it the hard way, you know, and I still use them yeah. because they are the best, but I tell the customer, listen, if they say three, it's six. Take it. See, and that's, that's, that's it, good you figure that out. It ends up making you look like an idiot when you tell a customer one month and, you know, you know yeah. it's not going to – and then it keeps not showing up and the customer then thinks it's your fault. Right, right, exactly. I'm dealing with that right now from a company. I'm dealing with that right now. They, they, they're a government contractor and they have major, major government contracts. So the civilians get backburnered, which I can understand. You know, government comes first. Um but when I, I ordered a particular product in November, okay, I have – no, no, I'm sorry, October. I have yet to receive that product. However, I got a similar product, if not the exact same thing, from when I ordered it in December. So <laughs> what happened to that first one? And uh, no, Cox, it is not Q. Um, Q uh, has a legitimate – eight to 10 month lead time. And that is on purpose. I'm going to give a little trade secret here. Supply and demand. When you make enough to fill the masses, nobody needs it anymore. So you make just enough to keep people wanting it and they keep going with it. That's not the case in this scenario. This scenario is what the hell happened to my order? You know, what, why is this not shipped? I know you have them. You sent me other stuff, you know? Let me find it. Was I posted about it on Facebook, and it was amazing how many people came out of the woodwork and were like, yeah, these people suck. That's a shame. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Wagner gets his cages up and running, and they're dope as fuck. And that's, that's what – like, if it's that big of an issue and you're getting this many complaints from people, why wouldn't you just stop taking orders until you got caught up? Like, literally right. give yourself, right. like, three weeks to just play catch-up. And get your, you know, your your queue filled out or cleared yeah. out. Let me find it. Yeah, there was 45 comments on that thread. Uh, you know, Dan Colgan, who was in here earlier, I don't think he's still around, but he ordered a rack. He said he ordered the same thing. He ordered a quick ship in November and a hatchling rack. He said, this one came yesterday and it's not the hatchling rack. So how pissed would you be if you ordered this thing, waited this long, and then you get it, and it's not even the thing you ordered? Imagine if you ordered it six to eight months in advance in hopes and anticipation of having multiple clutches or multiple litters, and all of a sudden, you got babies, and you got nowhere to put them because they haven't provided, and it's past the lead time. That would be bad. Travis Wyman said, I'm lucky. He said, I, he said he ordered cages on June 24th. They just arrived a day ago. Wow. 
Steven Spear wow. ordered an enclosure last April. It got it in October. Dennis McNamara said he ordered two cages and paid for them in August and still doesn't have does still doesn't have them yet. Like everyone's basically had the same experience, and like this isn't one of those things where like two people agreed, and so that makes it a problem. Like, no, like apparently I got lucky in getting mine in a semi timely manner, but right. Well, let me ask you this: Was it strictly the um, was it strictly the price opposed to buying one from like Leland or like Chris or uh, Sea Serpents? Excuse me. Yeah. I think I paid two, like shipping and everything. I think it was like two seventy for the rack, which wasn't bad. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cheap. What size rack was it? And so, it's a like a six slot, thirty two quart. Yeah, that's that's real cheap, real cheap. Yeah, with you know with heat. I just got a. I have an extra thermostat actually, so I'm good there. But man, you know it just sucks it's frustrating um you know reptile basics is another one like their stuff most of the time like their cages come assembled which is nice uh, right you know jake's got a few of their racks i think and he's happy with them i don't know i just like if i could find one company that can that can do what i you know get what i need in a fairly timely manner then like i'm all about loyalty when it comes to that, that stuff you know Stick right. with a, you know a brand I know can do what I needed to do, and uh, you know other options are like uh, Sean Corivo at, at Striking Reptiles. He's in Jacksonville. He builds cages and racks, and so I've talked to him. I'm like, like he's close enough to where I can just drive down and pick it up myself and not have to worry about shipping. Right. <clears throat> so I don't know. I'm gonna talk to him more about it, but yeah, I just I'm gonna start like I need to get more racks. So I can get rid of these uh, poor man racks that we, me and Jacob, been pulling with. Uh, but it's just so frustrating because I just I really just want to get this rack built and going so I could rearrange the room. I have my incubator in the back here. I need to set up and get running. Um, you know, it's just and I could, like my dad's an engineer. He's built some of his racks for his gray bands, and that's cool. But it's you know, it takes up a lot of his time. And I know he just kind of, on his days off, he just kind of wants to hang out and not have to do shit. Um, and it's, I've done the math, and I think, like, building your own really doesn't come out to be a whole lot cheaper than just buying them out, right? You know, it's like the cost is, the cost difference is, like, maybe 50 bucks or so. so and you know what like, else is really, like, you and I, not to cut you off, but you and I, time is precious. You know what I mean? I mean, I like, that's not an issue. Like, I don't have a problem devoting a day or half a day to building one of these things because, you know, I get to hang on my dad and stuff, and that's cool. But I can't do it on my own because I'm not mechanically inclined. Like, I, I did not inherit my dad's uh, ability to, to build things well. Um, I'm, I'm horrible at math. I'm, I'm amazed that I can build these these portals from Brahms accurately and fast now. I've, got, I've done enough of those now where I got it pretty well done. Um but it's just like I've looked at you know having to go and buy the PVC from Lowe's because then I got to borrow my dad's truck to move it all and it's just you know, I'll just buy it. Yeah. 
And I know it's not a difficult concept, like building them. It's not anything. It's not rocket science by any means, but it's just like I really just don't want them. And here's another thing I don't understand. So you have the economy racks, right? They have, like, instead of, like, a full side piece, it has, like, a cutout either in the middle right. of it. So Window. Like posts. Instead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how is that strip, that, that four or five inch by, you know, however tall piece – make the difference of $50. Like that's not $50 worth of material you're saving. Right, well, no, I would think it would actually create more work. So it's more cuts. It's the same amount of work because your screws are the same. Your bits are the same. Everything's the same. But it is more work in cutting the board. But you look at it this way is that instead of having – two side panels for a main rack. Now they can take a single panel, cut it into four pieces. And now you've made two racks out of one panel. So they're saving the yeah. cost and the material, but they're physically having to cut, but they're having to make more cuts. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And please, yeah. Sean, you know, chime in if I'm incorrect on this one. No, that makes sense. I'm, so I'm like, because I, I compare, I you know, Every company has like an economy version, which is basically just that cut out, that chunk missing, you know. Right. I'm like, how does that make that much of a price difference? But whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I um I was talking to Jake at one point about literally like let's figure, let's find like a <laughs> decent and, and semi cheap CNC machine and just build our own. <laughs> I wish I wish there was such a thing my find. I wish there was such a thing. Let's just do this ourselves. Right. And I'm actually I'm I'm on the we're, we're hoping to uh to we'd like to find a, a caging sponsor for THP that's willing to, to trade us, you know, goods for for advertising. That's pretty good. I, I've talked good to, I've talked to I've talked to one or two, but I haven't really pursued a lot. I don't I don't You have to uh have you have you monetized what the shout outs for lack of a better word are worth? No, but looking at the numbers that we're at now as far as listenership per episode and stuff, I think it would be and I mean maybe I am a little biased, but if I'm looking at it through the scope of someone who has a business and was advertising, if someone came to me and was like, Hey, we get this much action per episode, I think a decent number of like credit in goods would be well. Sure. I mean, are we talking about like, like uh, a rack for you and a rack for Jake and that's uh, six episodes. I or... mean, I was looking at it as like a per year kind of thing, like figure out what, you know, negotiate a, a, a price for them and then be like, okay, well how much will that get us in racks and stuff? You know, for right. a year's worth of advertising. That, that, huh? Yeah. No, I, I'm agreeing. That's that's what you should do. Uh, now, you let me ask you this. Uh, I always assumed that Brahms was just your love of his product is why you rep it so much. Um, you know, legitimate testimonial. Um, yes. How much feedback has Brahms got from you publicizing him? 
Um, I would imagine a pretty good bit because I've had some people message me and they're like, you know, hey, where'd you get these from? Um, had a few people, you know, I, they asked me about purchase and stuff and I sent them straight to him, like sent them straight to his website, said, you know, here's what you're looking for. Get it right. from him. I've had a bunch of people ask me if I had like a promo code for his store, which I don't. Um, you know, which honestly, so. if I was him, I would totally do. Even if it's like, uh, you know, 10% off or whatever. 10% off, right, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Promises has hooked me up with enough product and stuff to where, like, I feel pretty much eternally in debt to him because he, sure. anytime right. I need something, I'm like, hey, man, I'm in need of this. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll have it out next week. No questions asked. Uh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, I guess it's not entirely, like, I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of him because, I, like I said, I promote stuff. Anywhere I freaking can. You know, he was an official sponsor of, of the Condro cast, too. Um, cool. You know, he just, his stuff's awesome. It's it's kind of funny because I had people ask me for promo codes. They're like, oh, do you have any way of getting Brahms' stuff cheaper? I'm like, what do you mean cheaper? Like, his stuff's already yeah. it is really fairly cheap. Price. Of course. Like, his stuff is not outlandishly expensive. If it was, you know, I probably wouldn't be buying as much of it as I, as I have in the past. Right. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's funny to see all these people kind of come out of the woodwork and try to do the same thing. You know, it's kind of funny cause all the conjure guys are like, we already have David. Cause we see it all the time. Like someone comes in the, in the MVF or something like check out these right. 3d printed purchases I'm making. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, some but people do indulge, indulge those people and they, you know, they buy their stuff or whatever. But I tell David, I'm like, often imitated, never replicated, you know, or never duplicated. Uh, yeah. And I tell you, man, I'm not David, an arboreal David's, guy. David's my guy, dude. Yeah. And I'm not an arboreal guy, but I, w I would have never known about him if not for you and the show. I, w I wouldn't, you know? And that's just, and now, uh, be honest, now that I made that carpet rack, Dude, I want those grids that have the water dish. I want them. I'm going to buy them. I've just been fucking forgetting, you know? I'm going to get them. Yeah, I need I'll, them. you know, I need to talk to you about the promo code thing because I have thought about that. It'd be interesting to see, because we used to do this when I worked in the magazines. Like, someone would advertise with us, and we would put, like, a discount code on their cute in, on their ad in the magazine to see, that, to help us track, like, what it's actually doing. Like, of how course. many people are actually reading and taking advantage. Um, yes. Let me ask you, what, what's, the, what's the shipping on most of his uh, purchase? Like, not not the portals, because um, portals can be but like, like, if I bought, if I bought, like, my six purchase from him, is that going to be, like, eight bucks in a little box because they're so light and small? Or is it they're because they're framed appropriately, it's going to have to be a big box? And this is not me asking for me. This is just a hypothetical thing. No, he does. Uh, he ships through the postal service, and he does the flat rate boxes. So it depends on the size of the perch, which size box he uses. But right, you know, I think the the biggest box that you can get at the postal service shipping is like twenty bucks, and his stuff usually doesn't even have to come in that. Okay. So, if yeah, it's anything bigger, like if it's like if it's like the Python portals that are bigger, you know, those do take a bigger box, and so I think shipping is a little more on those. But you know, for the most part, like the yeah. Draco portals, those have glass, so those are a little heavier. Right, I was gonna ask, does he but provide the glass? Or not? Glass. 
on the Draco portals, he does, which is the small versions. So on the on okay. the Python portals, you just you get that through your local glass shop. I take the whole frame right. of the shop. Like I'm on a I'm on a pretty good uh, basis with those people now because I take them. You know, I go there for the glass for the top of our frog tanks. I go there for the Python portal glass. Um, half the time, you know, they'll let me just walk back in the little shop area and I'll sit there and hang out with the guy that's cutting it. Um, so I just, I usually just take the whole frame to them and be like, I need glass for this. You know, I, I tell right. them what kind of gap, like overlap, what size overlap I want on the pieces. Sure. Um, and I mean, they, they'll cut it right there for me and do it and all that right. stuff. So, and fortunately that glass shop from, we have, so we have two shops at the cigar shop. We have one downtown and then we have one across town about 15 minutes away. Um, and that glass shop is literally like right across the parking lot from that other shop. So half the time I'll drop it off to them, go to work. They'll call me when it's ready. I'll hop in my car, just drive over there real quick and come back. Yeah. On a, on a break or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. And Hey, look, I don't know if you were reading the comments, but uh looks like Sean is interested in doing some sponsorship for you and getting in contact with Brahms about doing a bulk order. Yeah. Brahms. I mean, Brahms is stuff, man. Like uh, I cannot, it's, it's all – the thing I love about everything that he has – well, there's a few things, actually. So the first thing is, is, like, all his stuff is so versatile. You know, he has products that I'd use for carpets, boiga, Amazon tree boas, like, anything with any sort of arboreal tendency, even stuff that isn't. Like, I'd put mounted hides in the Baird's cages probably if I wanted to. And I'm sure they'd yeah. use them. You to know, like all his stuff – it's not all just for chondros and stuff, you know, right. You, his stuff just has so many uses. I think, uh, Luke, uh, got some of those, those water dish holders, not just the ones that are in the, in the thing, but the ones that you mount to the side. And then he yeah. has like one of those 32 ounce deli cups that you get like fruit flight cultures in, but he planted right. a big pothos in that and it hangs in that. Nice. That's, That's great. Stuff you wouldn't think of, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and then the other thing too is, is like, I have ideas for stuff all the time and I send them to David. I'm like, Hey, you know, think about like, here's something that I can see myself and other people needing. Right. Um, you know, see if, if, if you have any interest in that, you know, look into that and, you know, see if that's something you can do with the, the 3d printers, which actually one of those things was just like that micro hook. I don't know if I ever saw you that showed you that, mm -hmm. but I had I these seen cool, literally I, I came to him cause I had the baby chondros, right? Right. Like fresh out of the egg. They're small. I was like, I would like to have a small hook that I can use to move these around. So that way I'm not hurting them or anything like that. Right. Of course. Of course. Uh, and so I said, I literally like, I want a pen that's the size or a hook that's the size of a pen. Right. Like the, the like diameter, same diameter, same length. Like I just want literally a tiny that I can use for baby interregia. Baby chondros, you know, yeah. like, baby alterna. All yeah, all these tiny things, you know, that I, you know, I don't really want to pick up because they're so small. And right. sure enough, he's like, he made like three prototypes and he sent them to me. And he's like, try them out, tell me which one you like the most. Nice. And sure enough, like they they worked, they were exactly what I needed. Cool. Did you get U's or L's? Does this thing keep going in and out? I mean, I hear you perfectly fine. Oh, you're a little okay. fuzzy, but I got you. So yeah, you sent me these three prototype hooks, and those those hooks were amazing. Did you get U's or L's? Use. Okay. 
Yeah. And I mean, I still use them from time to time. Like sometimes if I, you know, if a conjure shed and I need to double check the tail to make sure that, you know, it came all off the tail, I just take that little hook and lift up the tail and check it out. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're kind of flimsy, which is fine. Cause I mean, they're not any, they're not load bearing by any means. Um, but you know, it's just that kind of stuff where I'm like, Hey man, like I can really use this. And he's right. like, okay, I'll play around with it, and then he'll, you know, he'll send me prototypes and be like, try this out. Yeah, you're not, you're not using it as a, a, a you're using it as a directional tool, like a, a shepherd's crook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is exactly what that is needed to be, and because you know damn well, if you tried to touch that tail with your hand, or you know, you get this big heat source, all of a sudden it's gonna bite you. Now it broke a tooth. Now it's got a mouth infection. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah, Cambro tubs. A lot of people are using those. I know uh, Andy Middleton just got a Cambro tub made. He started by Cambros. I like I like paying for Cambros because those things are freaking. Those things are like sixteen bucks a piece for the ones that are like nineteen quarts. You know, if you're getting a rack and you need like six of those, that is a lot of money. And my thing is, is like, hey, they, you know, whether it's Cambro or Sterilite, they both kind of do the same thing. They both there's not a major difference between the two, you know. They both yeah. hold heat really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the the whole like rack. The big thing that me and Jake are, are all about is, you know, it's not just sponsoring the podcast. Like we're gonna do videos and stuff about the products that you're you know you're sending to us, how to build them, you know, what we think about them. Sure, um, actual advertisements. You know, Facebook stuff, Instagram, you know, like all kinds of, like it's way more than just being like, hey, this show is brought to you by. Yeah, yeah. Dick's Lollipops or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I don't. I think what we'd be asking in terms of like that whole thing isn't, so isn't that outlandish, I think. Some people will recognize the value in it. Some people won't, and that's okay. You know, whatever. We just yeah, it's what it is. See, man, now I gotta go. I forgot. I gotta go on Instagram later and find Sean's racks and take a look at them. I saw them on the uh, on the Facebook page. They look they look good. They look sharp. Nice. Good. What is the model number for the tubs? Um, so what I've been shopping for in terms of like the next rack is, oh, I just burnt myself. Damn it. Rookie. That'll happen. Rookie. Amateur hour. Um, Getting down to the water, man. Getting a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next rack is going to be, I want to do like 20 quart ish, 20 to 30 quart tubs for those conjures that are too, too big for the six quarts, but too small for the adult cages, like too big for, or too, oh God, too small for the bigger setups. And so I'm looking to do something that's like a two wide, like two tub wide by like three tub tall sort of 
I don't necessarily call it like an arboreal rack, but it would definitely be. Yeah, that's an arboreal rack. Yeah, that's an arboreal rack. Because I've got you know those those oddballs that are getting to the point to where they probably need to get upgraded soon. Um, especially that baby from Brahms, because that thing's growing like a freaking weed, man. Um, and it's not even a year yet, so. But once, uh, once I get this this other conjure sold, I got a girl who wants to buy it. She's in Charleston, but she's in the Honduras right now. She's like a marine biologist, and so she goes down to this research station periodically in the Honduras to. That's cool. Do whatever she does, and she said when she gets back, she wants to get it. So I'm just waiting on a waiting on that to happen, and I was going to take that money and put it into that, you know, a rack. So nice. That's next on the docket, and then I just need to get another handful of like another probably six slot thirty two quart rack for the other colubrids, you know, because that six quart is okay. that six. Six tubs from AP is going to pretty much just have the Bairds, like the younger Bairds in it that are now. I've just now started upgrading them from 15s to 32s. And uh, I just I need to condense. I need to make that space I have for all the stuff in that room more efficient. Get my incubator in there and going in case egg time soon with the corns and bears. And yeah. How are they looking? Uh, you, didn't, you didn't pair anything up yet, right? I've had the bears and the corns together, but the corns just shed after I warmed them up. So they're now kind of getting in the groove of things. I just offered them food for the first time in the last like four months, three months. Um, cool. My female shed though, and she didn't have the spots that we talked about with the shedding, but she's had them in the past. So I was kind of like, man, I really hope this isn't a male for whatever reason. And I've just got two boys together sitting there. Did you do the shed? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like she just shed, and like those those dots weren't there. Oh, but oh, there wasn't sorry. A hole. But there wasn't like the gap that you get with the male shed. So I don't know. Ah. It's odd. Well, not on the other hand, one, like, one of the bears shed though. One of the younger bears, and those those no, it was the smaller corn snake, the third of that trio, the younger female, and those she she bled a lot because there was those spots were. Very, very present. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I, I I think that one pygmy shed that I sent you. Uh, I think I think oh, it is. What the big giant one? Yeah. I sent you two. I sent you a big giant yellow rat snake that I know is a girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That one, that one's undescript. That one, I have no idea. That like we talked about, it's probably menopause and she just doesn't bleed me anymore. But the other one, the pygmy one. With all the crazy spots, I'm convinced it's a girl. Even though I mean, I can't really tell though because it's very minimal blood. But then again, if she's gravid, which I think she might be, I imagine there wouldn't be any blood, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, these like both both the horns and the bears could have easily paired up, and I just haven't seen it yet. They're in the one of those those racks that has like the freaking crazy like three foot long tubs, four foot long tubs, and then like. I think it's like a V70 is what it would be if yeah, you were being yeah, it from. V70, V70. Yeah. That's yeah, so why I got the blood yeah. in right now. So, I mean, if they bred, I, I didn't see it. You know, if they yeah. popped, I didn't see it. They're, they're buried in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'm just, I figure if you keep it going long enough, it's bound to happen. So. Yeah. How, um, 
how often you check the temps in those long CB70s? Uh, fairly regularly because I've actually had to turn it down. Like I turned it up to where, and I think maybe the probe just got misplaced. It's not on the heat tape. It's off to the side of the, on the wall of the rack and like the middle right. slot. Yeah. And I noticed I both the bears and the corn, they hang out at the cool end almost exclusively at this point. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'll attempt on it. Cause clearly if they're hanging out the cool end, it's probably a little hot, you know, right. Eating the snake, hanging out the cool end, clearly it must be warm for them too warm. So I clicked it back down to like, I think like the low eighties, upper seventies, and it seems a little more stable in there now, but yeah, I check right. it fairly regularly. Cause I mean, that is kind of an awkward. I mean, a, I can even get the probe near the heat tape because I literally can't even reach in that far to get it back there. Yeah, I had to use hemostats. <laughs> I had to use, I had to use I, 12 inch hemostats because I could not reach my hand in there to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, what I wound up doing is I wound up, uh, I wound up folding over an edge of, I have really, really nice clear packing tape. It's like my favorite packing yeah. tape. I don't even know where I got it. I wound up folding over the edge, holding it with the hemostats and then sticking the probe to it, and then reaching my arm in, placing the tape where I wanted it, letting go of the hemostats, and then like smearing the tape with the hemostats. <laughs> so, um, but what, the reason why I ask is that I put those bloods in there because th that rack had nothing in it. It was just like a storage rack. I had like like medicinal crap and deli cups, and I had some scorpions in there for a while. Actually, the ones I gave you, I, I when I was making sure they were good, I put them in there. Um, but now I got the bloods in there and I noticed that I temp gun it and like the thermal gradient's good. And like, I think I got my temperature. I want it, but like they sit in the middle and like they do that, that they, they like, they're in the ambush position in the middle of the tub. And I guess that's just, that's what works for them. They're cool and hot. I guess. I don't know. I've still got but a third that. slot because that's a three slot rack that Jake gave me. And so I still don't have anything in that bottom slot. I don't know what I'm going to put in there. I probably ought to ditch the 110 quart tubs that I have the stonewash brettles in and my female poplin and put one of them in that. See, man, then that freaks me out because I have the same thing. So I've got three, I got three snakes in there right now. It's a five slot. I was going to save the bottom two for cotton mouths when it gets warmed up. I want to catch two more. Um, I want to catch two females. Um, mm -hmm. But. I don't I gotta be careful as to what animal I put in there because I had some animals not do well because it was either way too humid because my air holes weren't good enough or the ventilation. Yeah. And I got a lot of I got a lot of white mold just because there was just bad airflow. Yeah. You know? I actually I just drilled holes in the front of those top two tubs with the, the snakes in them because I was I'm reading the complete stuff off right now. Yeah. Uh, which is a fantastic book. I really like. I bought that book for the Bears chapter. Right. You but told now me. That I've been reading, now that I've been reading about Subox, I want Subox back. <laughs> and it talked about how how they want like they need ventilation. Like they don't do well with stagnant, like muggy air in a cage. Like they need a ton right. of ventilation. And I realized I was like, well, crap. Neither of those tubs have any ventilation in them. So I just took my drill and just plugged like eight to 10 holes in the front of both those tubs just so they could have some airflow. Cause it was getting pretty warm in there. Like I'd reach my hand in there and it would like, you could feel the heat just like wafting out. Now wait, you can feel the heat or you can feel the humidity, like the stagnantness. 
a little bit of both. Okay. It's thick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Like you walk outside your front door in the middle of freaking summer there, and it's like, oh my god. It's kind of yeah. like that in there. I was like, that's not good. <clears throat> so yeah. Hopefully that helps them a little bit. I don't know. I probably have to put more in there, but. The um, I did not drill holes in the front of mine because I got a, I got a really fat jet black sharpie marker, and I put danger venomous reptile across the front of it. Uh, yeah. And because I, originally I had um, I had rhinos and gaboons in there, and I didn't want to I didn't want to mess up and use my hand, you know. So I figured, God forbid, I use my hand. At least there's no holes there that they could get a fang through. So. <clears throat> But yeah, maybe that's what I need to do. I also thought about maybe putting like uh, on the ones that needed better airflow, sticking a computer fan in the back, you know, because the tubs take. Yeah. So like if this is the back wall, like the tub doesn't come flush. It like comes like that, you know, or mm -hmm. like right. that. So uh, I thought about sticking a computer fan back there, but I think I'd rather just keep it to species that don't mind the mucky air, you know. Mm -hmm. I figured that's why I figured the bloods are doing fine. They're savages. <clears throat> so it sucks that Sean just left. Oh. I went on Facebook and I just messaged him. Uh, the cages look great. And uh, I was the NPR where they were talking about how nobody makes white cages, or was it you guys? I don't know. It wasn't. On, it wasn't us that I. One of the podcasts they were talking about how nobody makes white racks, <laughs> and like I hate white racks because it shows all the dirt. But I just looked at Sean's, and those things look friggin' great. They look crisp and clean and fresh. They look fantastic. Hopefully, he's still listening. He said he is. He said he's just driving, so he's not. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah. I need a new lighter. This lighter's poopy. I'm I need to just buy one of those $7 clear see-through torches yeah exactly i tell people all the time you can buy the 80 dollars sidecars but i guarantee you at some point you're either a gonna lose it b gonna leave it somewhere and forget it and lose it or c someone's gonna freaking pocket it and walk off with it so i was like just buy a ten dollar eagle torch yep. if you lose it something happens to it whatever you can buy eight of these and that will last you a hell of a lot longer than an eighty dollars sidecar will. You know, mm -hmm. cutters are one thing. Like cutters, like having a good cutter is a good cutter. Like yes. even this, if I lose different. this 40, 40 bucks, that's not so bad to where it's like I'm in pain if I lose it, you know? Right. But like a lighter, I drop this thing a million times, like the base is missing off of it. The punch is still there. It's a triple flame. These little ten dollar torches are freaking tanks, man. I love nice. these things. So yeah, and I tell people right time now, if it's a gift, that's one thing. But like, if you're just a guy who wants a torch, yeah. give yourself a heartache and just buy a cheap one. Right, and I tell you that Calibre you bought me, dude. Like one of the best gifts that anyone's ever bought me. Seriously, and I love the texture. I love the sharpness, the crispness of it. Um, the action is smooth and and, 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 mm -hmm. and solid. Um, but now I'm afraid I, I was going to leave it in my travel stick box, but I'm afraid that like the humidity in there is going to get to it. 
And like yeah. now I don't know what to do. Now I just like leave it like just sitting like just sitting out nice. And then if I go out for the evening to the cigar bar or whatever, I'll just throw it in my pocket. But where do you keep yours? Um, well, fortunately, this case has two little pockets in the in the, like the lid. Oh yeah. So this happens to fit perfectly in this one. I can't find a, a torch that fits in this pocket though. So I just keep a box of matches there just in case. Sure. Um, but I mean, usually my torch, I'll just keep in my pocket. But the problem is, is if you keep it in your pocket and you have it like with your wallet and stuff, it's going to like the, that button's going to get pressed and it's going to let gas leak. And yeah. so, like, I'll pull it out of my pocket, and I'll have filled it up, like, yesterday, and then I'll pull it out, and it'll be, like, empty. Yeah. So, having one well, that has, like, like if I wish they'd make one with, like, a lock on it, that keeps that from happening, but. Yeah, a latch. Yeah. So, that's, like, this <laughs> like thing. Safety. This thing is super thin. I love this lighter, man. This was 20 bucks on, no, it was less. It was, like, 15 bucks on Amazon, and this thing's great, but it's not windproof in the least capacity. And like I know this would fit in your um, boudoir case. case. Yeah, sure. Um, I know this would fit in there. Like it's thin enough that it would definitely fit. Um, but if this was just straight torch and it didn't have like the Zippo concept, I think it would be ten times better. I mean, they I like the Zippo. windproof ones now. That's like it's literally like a car lighter with a button. I don't know if you've seen those or not. But you, it's you like, know, like you know, a, like a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cigarette lighter in a car, but it has a button that you press, and you just put your cigar in there. Like it's almost like a socket. So there's like a little bit of space to where your cigar isn't getting hit by the wind, and you just light it with that, which I actually kind of like because it probably lights it cooler than the torch does. So you're not I wonder burning how, the tobacco, you get a little more flavor out. Of it. Yeah, I wonder if it's uniform. It's like a stick. Right, but I'm saying is like, like all right, so like. Like if this is oh, the like burn even. Like an even and the cigar is coming down on it, is it yeah even? That's yeah. I'm sure it is. Okay. I gotta look at that. I gotta look that up. That sounds cool. It's done. Yeah, they were made by another company, but Sycar bought them and like got a patent on it. I guess so. I don't know how much nice. they're going for. Nice. What do you got? Another inch and a half? Yeah. Yeah, this thing got it got started to fall apart, so I stopped. I uh, it was just getting to that almost bittery section, and things messy now. So. Mm -hmm. So what is like? What is what is the deal like with white wax though? Like why? Like. I, I'm really not partial to either, honestly. Like, to what? I don't to what? What? White, like the white colored cages and racks. Oh, like what's the? I, I, people just like them, I guess. I don't know. Like, <coughs> I, I have really one. Don't care. I don't. I have one white vision cage because, like, I'm a total whore for vision cages. I mean, I've got so many of them now. I mean, I don't have nearly as many as like some of the other guys out there. I probably got. Ooh, I probably got like 15. I got less than 20 of them, mm -hmm. but uh, I've got one of them. It's a three foot that's white <laughs> from like OG white before they mm -hmm. ever made the gray color. And uh, it's the same rigidity. It's the same 
cleanliness, but it has yellowed over the years. And like that bottle. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, man, the white racks, they're just not for me because the poop factor, it's just like, you see the poop and like with my Cobras, I leave poo on the walls. <laughs> I leave poo on the ceiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I clean it immaculately, they're just going to make a mess again. At least they want their, they want their home to smell like them, you know? So I leave it on there with the white cages. It looks so bad. Oh my God. You know, I but think I, that's why a lot of, a lot of snakes go when you change the paper towel or you give them a substrate change. I absolutely. think they, like they mark, they mark their territory. Like that's, that's absolutely. their way of saying this is home base, you know? Dude, my Nubian spitters black plastic hide cave that he's had for 15 years now, maybe not 15 years, probably 10 years now. It is almost white in color because of all the urates all over it. And like people come over to their house and they're like, dude, why don't you clean his cave, his hide box? And I'm like, because it's his. It smells like him. He loves it. You know, it's his That's little his cozy house. little. That's his how house, he decided right? to paint it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, what are we looking for in 2020? Ah, it's tough. It's tough. You want to go first, Justin? Uh, are you talking about new acquisitions or like personal goals? I, I, I'm assuming a little bit of both. I think both okay. kind of go hand in hand. Um, Do we have enough time for me to run in the house and grab another beverage? Yeah. All right. I'll be right back. Twenty twenty. Um, I'd like to see the magazine grow. Um, Absolutely. I'd like to see the podcast continue to grow, especially you know THP. Controcast is kind of. It's not dead. It's just it hasn't been a priority lately. Um, it's kind of gotten into the same habit that that GTP Keeper Radio has, but. I mean, it was never really the focus to begin with. It was just a side thing. So that one I'm not really feel too bad about because it's one of those things where it's like I'll get to it when I get to it. But definitely continue to grow THP. Definitely continue to grow the magazine. Um, I don't know. I mean, as far as keeping stuff, uh, get more into Boyga. I don't know if that's going to happen this year or not, but I hope it will. Um, right now, like I said, the focus is, is just condensing more as far as cages go in the snake room and <clears throat> being more efficient with that space. Um, dark frogs would be cool. I've got two tanks sitting here that I'd eventually like to have frogs in. I don't know when that's going to happen because that also requires more space because one of them is like a 40 gallon. Um, I'd love to have inlands. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon either, but... More bears, more chondras produced. What by me, you know, just talking about stuff for the year. I want, said I was wanting to grow THP, grow the magazine. Uh, saying how like chondra cast isn't too much of a too much fo- too much of a focus at the moment. Um, but you know, but it, but you know, what I noticed about chondra cast though is when you do it, you do it very very well. Yeah, and I mean, I have a lot of people who ask me. They're like, "Man, was in this Contracast episode?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Like, that's that's really not a priority. <laughs> Out of all the things I'm doing, Contracast is like bottom of the list." <laughs> <laughs> um, 
well, that and I'm also kind of running out of people to to have on. Um, at least people that I like, I want to have on. There's some. There's plenty of people that are doing stuff with Conjures, but I just I don't really have much of a desire to bring them on, just because I kind of don't like their mentality about them. And right. some of them, some of the egos are just too big. I don't feel like entertaining them. Right. Um, uh, you had David on THP, or you had David on Conjure. I don't remember. He's been both. He's actually like him okay. and Luke are kind of my my co-hosts on that but they kind of alternate nice. like I'll, I'll message them and say like, Hey, I'm having this person on, on this night. If either of y'all want on, let me know. And yeah. you know, usually one of the two is like, yeah, I'm free. Let's do it. Cool. Um, Very cool. But it's like, I was just saying the cops, you know, it's kind of turned into GTP keeper radio where now I'm cranking out episodes like one a quarter, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of the whole reason I started it was to kind of help curb that. But, it's yeah, just, like that I one's said, tough, man, because it's like how, how many how many times can you like that's the issue with doing a singular species centric show is like you don't exactly have a ton of stuff to talk about. And uh, I asked David and Luke the other night, I was like, who you know who should I have on? And they're like, well, fun, you know, get Dan Maleri on, or you know, people who have actually been out and seen him in the wild and stuff like that. But I was like, that's that's rare. That's a very small chunk of yeah people to talk to, you know, there's very few people that have actually seen them, you know, in the wild, at least in Papua New Guinea, Australia, I guess that's a different, different story, but I don't know. I mean, Dan Leary seems, I know he's, he's supposed to be going on the uh, reptile room podcast at some point. Um, cool. But he seems like one of those guys where he's just so damn busy all the time, like pinning him down for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours is, is kind of tough. Um, right. Right. But at the same time, I mean, talking to Riley and Andy, who do the Reptile Room podcast, you know, he seemed very, very down for, for being on their show and stuff. So I don't know. Good. Uh, I have, I mean, there are a few people I've talked to about coming on in the past, like in the last couple of months, but it just hasn't really transpired yet. I'm sure there's going to be a good bit of contrast at Carter Fest, so I'm sure I'll talk to Hank them on there about it. Of course. Um, Clyde Klaus. Uh, who a lot of people like he 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 has some outstanding condros. All right, but you really he doesn't post like he's in he's on Facebook he's in MBF I think but you never see him post like he does not post stuff hardly ever. He's an older guy too. He's like I met him last year at Carpet Fest. So he's a really cool guy. Um, and I talked to him about coming on, but he's like, oh, you know, I just changed jobs and things are just really hectic, so I can't do it right now. I was like, okay, let's circle back around. But yeah, it's uh. I don't know. It's also tough because I, like, I don't have as much confidence with TCC as I do THP. Um, okay. I think that's just me being not that I'm saying I'm a big fish in a small pond with THP, but I'm a, a little fish in what feels like a big pond. In the grand scheme of like experience with the species and stuff, you know, I don't have a ton of it. I don't think. And so right. you know, getting some of these people on is kind of it's kind of intimidating and it's kind of funny because a lot of them are like the most chill, like down to earth guys, you know, and they've been keeping yeah. colors for 20 some odd years. And they're like, yeah, man, whatever. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, Chuck Vogel, I want to have you on, but I'm terrified to, to do it. You know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no, I, I totally understand that, man. I do. And like you said, having it's a not, single it's the same without props. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Jake makes it easy. Yeah. Have you thought He's about, What's that? He's just a what? He said he's just as like 
Like when we have someone on, you know, talking about like leaf tail geckos or something, we're both just as like green to that. So maybe it's not as brutal when there's someone else who's just as clueless as I am when it comes to stuff. Sure, sure. Not as not as brutal when it's not just me. <clears throat> and, you have, and you have different, like I mean, obviously, if you're with Luke and David, you guys are you're still feeding off of each other the same way that you and Bratz do. But Bratz is your man, you know, he's your he's your partner in crime. So like, well, it's also very different when he's sitting right across from me at the table. Like he's here. You know? That's true. Like I can tell when he's about to say something, so I don't have to talk over him or anything like that. When they're remote near in a phone conversation, it's kind of hard to not do that because you know you can't see someone who looks right. like they're about to chime in. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Have you thought about doing with the Conjurecast? Have you thought about doing like I don't want to. All right, you know the there's a famous reptile problem. I'll call it a problem, um, and that's. You have so many people in the internet era that are like, hey, um, I just got this baby. How do I set it up? And you want to be like, well, you should do X, Y, Z. But at the same time, you kind of want to be like, figure it out, man. Because like, yes. we all had to, you know, and obviously yep. that's a very, that's a very vague statement, but just to get the point across, have you no, thought we, about we doing talked about that in the past. Right, and I know you guys have every everyone has, you know, and I, I, I mean, I, you I and I, you, like we talked about that in previous yeah. episodes of this. You know, know. it's like, well, do you help is. people or do you tell them, hey, here's a here's a link to Google, you know, do the footwork right. like everyone else has. Right. Yeah, so like the same way that you and I are in the middle of that, where it's like, hey, we're helping by giving them the Google link, or hey, you know what. You shouldn't put on sand. You might want to try paper towels for the first few months. I got no problem doing that. I'm not going to tell you how to fucking breed it verbatim in the list, right? We talked about this. Right. But right. on the Conjurecast, have you thought about maybe because the species has so many conflicting husbandry tactics, have you thought about maybe doing like a, a I don't want to say a vague tutorial, but basically like, hey, I'm here with David Hodgstadt, and we're going to talk about setting up babies, and strictly, this episode of the Contracast is you and David throwing ideas at each other of, hey, I've done this, I've done that, this has worked, this hasn't worked, this worked for, you know, uh, 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 Luke, but it didn't work for me, you know, or whatever. <coughs> have you thought about doing some kind of a tutorial thing? No, but that's a good idea. I mean, you don't have to go I mean, we Detail, but you can get yeah the knowledge that's needed to the foundation, you know. <clears throat> but we have, I mean, like most of the time when I'm talking to someone, you know, we go through how they keep from neonates to adults. You know, how they keep when they're you know fresh out of the egg to how you keep when they're you know a year or two old to how you keep as adults. Um, right. But, I mean, that's still, that's kind of been the, the big exactly. thing is when everyone does it slightly differently. And I mean, that's kind of, that's, I think that's been sort of a big help with it is um, having good names in the hobby tell you how they do it. And then you can draw your own conclusions from a handful of people and be like, you know, okay, well I'm in the Southeast. So maybe this person who's also in the Southeast, this is the way they keep there. So maybe that works. Maybe you're on the West right. coast, maybe you're in Arizona or something. Okay. This is how they keep. Because the temperatures right. are different, you know, the humidity is different. You're going to have more, it, there's going to be issues that are different on both sides of the country, you know, humidity wise, especially down here. We don't have many problems with that, just like cigars. 
um, you know, West Coast, completely different ballgame. You know, dry air yeah. and, and little humidity, that's that's a problem. But um, <clears throat> Jason in the chat also says, if someone new to the hobby, I will say it can be a minefield trying to find good info because everyone has a different way. They swear by, which is very true. Uh, and I mean, I, I do give credit to people who say that in the comments uh, on uh, Facebook posts when they, you know, they want tips and they want information. Like, yes, there is so much information out there that it's hard to gauge what's accurate and what's not. Um, but I've always been of the opinion, if I'm researching something, I read like every article I can. And then if I notice multiple articles are saying the same thing as far as temperatures go, like, oh, a hot spot should be 86 for bear jets. If I have like five different articles saying the same thing, that's probably accurate. That's yeah. probably that's yeah. probably a fair. That's probably a and good way to go. You're like, you're like me, where you'll cross-reference scientific journals and written scientific papers because we're trying to emulate field environments, right? Right. So, yeah. at the same time, if every paper you read on bears said to keep them at eighty-two, and all of a sudden you start looking at the temperatures for August in West Texas, and it ain't 82. Well, mm -hmm. you're gonna maybe alter that or doctor it a little bit, you know. That's, I mean, know, that's how it is with chondros, yeah. But that's what I'm saying is, like, is that you could do some kind of tutorial thing without giving away the whole book, you know. Like, you read Maxwell's book on chondros, and he says, you know, a hot spot of like upper 80s, but then you read, you know, the Green Tree Python book by Julander and Philip. And they're like, hey, here's some, you know, data that we have from Papua New Guinea throughout the year. Like, here's when we're finding snakes and what the temperatures are. And you find that they're completely different. Like, 86 is pretty warm for a chondro. Like, they, yeah. you think about it, they're nocturnal. They're not operating at the day, you know, daytime high. You know, they're probably operating at the night low. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you it's know, like, yeah, it's uh, hot during the day, but they're not doing anything during the day. They're out and about at right. night when it's low, you know, mid to low 70s. They found them in ridiculously cold temperatures in like the highlands. I think they, the book even said they found a couple specimens out and about when it was like 50 in the mountains. Which, okay. you know, if you told someone you let your conjure get to 50, like the internet would be set ablaze and everyone would be like, what are you doing? You know, you're doing this wrong. Right. I mean, yeah, you're not going to keep it at 50. Like, but right. I think that does say that. They are tougher than we give them credit for. Of course. Like conjures, especially, we care. We, him we care conjures. Yeah. Like, we worry about keeping conjures so perfectly that I think a lot of times that's what ends up stressing them and killing them is you constantly trying to get it right. When really they're one of those, like, they do best with what's the word benign neglect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're one of those yeah. species you put them in a cage and you ignore them and they do great yeah but i mean i keep i keep mine fairly cooler than other people i mean i think my my thermostats for my bigger animals are set at like 82 ish mm -hmm. and it's just it's because cool. i don't think 86 is but like they're not operating at 86 yeah and and you would notice if it wanted the 86 it would be sitting directly under that lamp or right on that hot spot all day long and all night long and you'd notice it and you'd say, you know what? Maybe I need to crank the temps up a little bit. So, but there's some individuals that do that. You can have it set at 86. You can have it set at 70. They don't like my female, my big female Biak. She never leaves her spot under the 
heat panel. I've had it set to 85, 86. I've had it set to like 80. She doesn't move. She doesn't care. <laughs> so there's Meanwhile, some individuals like they're just, they're the opposite. Yeah. And then you, you read what Cox just wrote about basically sending them to the Amazon link for the green tree book. Um, yeah, but then we're kind of talking, trying to talk about not just doing that. You know, for the context. There's some people in MVF that someone asks a question and they post like six links to six different things. And it's like anyone I just I don't I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. I usually now, like I don't I don't even comment on most of that stuff because I know there's gonna be like three people that are gonna pipe up and say what needs to be said. So I'm like what well, I'm not exactly. even gonna bother. I it's like when people thing. when in like the ID groups, you have noticed that someone posts like what's the idea of this snake? And then people pipe up, oh, oh yeah that's a copperhead. Oh yeah that's a copperhead. Yep, that's a copperhead. It's like you saw someone else post it already. Why do you feel the need? Like, why are you chiming in when someone's already said, "Yeah, that's a copperhead." Yeah, I uh, the only group that I'm really a member of on Facebook is the Venomous Mentors group. Um, mm -hmm. I find it to be the most civil. Uh, it is a lot of dumb questions, and you you, you, yeah, you can't a few. Them, yeah, but you can't call them dumb questions because you'll never know if you it's don't. It's not ask dumb to them. Right. right, right. It's not a stupid question to them. It's a quite legitimate question to them. Exactly. And most it's of the time... It's just because we see the same one 20 times in a row that it's done to us. Yeah. So most of the time, it's what you just said, where the people chime in and they're like, hey, no, it's like this. And like people try to be as polite as they can because they realize there's no such thing as a stupid question because if you don't know, you're not going to... If you don't ask, you're not going to know. But I'll notice where people will put... You know, they'll ask a question, you know, uh, how can I get this to eat, whatever. And I know for a fact, not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to get that sucker to eat, right? I'm doing this mm -hmm. enough to know with that one species, this is my trick, right? Mm -hmm. And 10 people say, oh, try this, try that, do this, do that, do this, do that. So I went on there, and instead of trying to troll and be like, you're fucking wrong, man. You got to do X, Y, Z. I just go um, private message that person yeah. and I'll say, hey, everything they said is good and most of that stuff will work. But why don't you try this first? Just do this and see what it does first. And if this mm -hmm. doesn't work, then go for it. Try all the other ones. And I would say, again, not trying to toot my own horn because I, I can be a little narcissistic. Uh, I would say 90% of the time, that person writes back and they're like, wow, man, I didn't even think of that. It worked. It was great. You know, mm -hmm. and like I had this one guy on there, a young kid, maybe 18, 19, and he always wanted to get cane breaks. And he got two baby cane breaks from somebody. And I won't lie. Those animals look like dog shit. They looked horrible. <laughs> and I've lost, I've lost my fair share of baby cane breaks, man. And it's tragic because they're amazing animals, dude. And you try and you try and you try. And he said, listen, it, it you know, showing showing signs of this and signs of that. I was like, listen, just do this, blah, blah, blah. And don't look at them. Don't touch them. Just leave them alone. Well, the mm -hmm. one, he did with both. One of them, it was too far gone. It wound up passing away. The other one, now it is his best feeding snake in his collection. And he got offered 15 or 20 different things. And again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, like, there's... There's a way that we can share our knowledge without giving them the whole book. 
You know what I'm saying? And I think that would make a good ConjuroCast episode for some kind of tutorial thing. That's all. Rant and rant. Another, uh, well, another idea I had too was like controversial subjects as far as Conjuro goes, like having like three or four guys on and just doing like sort of like the round table sort of deal. Round table. Like NPR and stuff had, but um, yeah, it's, you know, if someone messages me too and has questions, like I'm not going to be like, go ask the group. <laughs> like if someone messages me with a question, yeah. like I'm definitely going to help them. But I'm of not course. gonna on the groups and stuff. If someone says, "Hey, I just got this. Any tips?" I'm not gonna be like, "Sure, let me give you like, let me just yeah. list them out for you here." Like, if someone messages me, it's like, "Hey," which has happened a lot on Instagram, especially. I have people message me all the time and ask me about condors and stuff. You know, I'm not gonna turn them away. I'm gonna tell them. Sure. You know, and you're man enough to be able to say, "Hey, I don't know," or "I've never done yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe you should talk to this person." That's exactly what I do. Yep. You know, someone asks me something. If I don't, if I don't know, I guarantee you, I probably know someone who's dealt with that before, and I can send you in their direction. They can tell you exactly what you need to know. I won't lie, man. I never talked to Lawrence uh, uh, Scrub Lawrence. I never yeah. talked. To him. Yeah. In fact, crap, man. Prior to maybe four or five months ago, I didn't even know he existed. And when I started looking into more Scrub stuff, I found his Instagram page and blah blah, and then he was on it. You know, the the, sh- the one show and. I was like, you know what? I'm getting this tannin bar. Let me just send him pictures, see what he thinks. Maybe get, get whatever kind of tips he can give me, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the one who told me it's aexanthic. It's probably it looks like a male, which confirmed my opinion. And I was like, all right, at that point now, I'm just going to probe it. And uh, and he gave me just enough to to make me feel better about myself and taking care of this new acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. And that's why we're doing it. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why you're doing the ContraCast. It's for that moment, you know? And I've had a lot of people message me on Instagram, you know, oh, I just got this Condro. You know, I'm really worried about this. It's not eating. You know, it has, it's been like three weeks since it ate or since I got it and it hasn't eaten. And the person I bought it from, you know, they got it at a show and the person who sold it to them didn't know when it ate last. And I'm really worried about it. And the first, I'm, you know, the first thing I tell them is like, well, calm down. Like yeah. panicking about it does not make it better. Right. Like realize that these things, especially even when they're young, can go ridiculously long times without eating. You know, even for right. a snake. Um, you know, it's not like boiga. It's a different thing. If someone messaged me and said, "Hey, I just got a boiga. It hasn't eaten in three weeks. It's only you know, it's tiny. I don't know what to do." I'd be like, "Get a mouse tail in it pronto." Right. Like ASAP. <clears throat> um. But the first thing, like, and that's something I've learned with conjures, you know, in the beginning is something's going wrong. The worst, like, the, the probably the worst thing you can do is panic and worry about it. Yeah, because then at the same time, the more you panic, you're stressing yourself out. And I guarantee you're stressing the snake out, too, because you're accosting it or, or, or molesting it by going in there all the time and going in there all the time and going in there all the time. Yep. You don't touch the animal, dude. These baby, these stupid baby carpets I got, man. They're 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 champion animals, but when I there's air holes, when I open that lid, they feel that pressure break. Oh man, they're like, you know, it's a little. <laughs> like, oh, what's happening? The food. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it's just Check I tell them all the time. I'm like, take a breather, step back, yep. analyze what's going on from top to bottom. 
Like that's what I do. If something's off, like if I have a chondro for whatever reason, like I said, you know, in the last episode, we were talking about that female, you know, she's grounding herself. Okay. What usually causes them to ground themselves? It's too hot. Okay. Check temps. Okay. Those are fine. Okay. Um, now let's look at, you know, is it too, is it too humid? Is there not enough coverage? Like, is it stressed and it's trying to hide? It's under the paper towel. Okay. So maybe this tub is too big. Let's move it into something smaller. Okay, she's right. back to perching. All right, she was off food, so she, clearly she's stressed. So once again, let's move her something, block off the side so she can't see, give her more seclusion, offer her food. Okay, she ate. All right, let's come back and try it again next week. Okay, she ate again. All right, so I think we're on to something. That tub was too big, and she needs to be yep. something. Up. Like a, a top to bottom sort of way I look at, at when something seems off, like when the snake is not acting right, there's something not happening that should be <clears throat> and chondros make it easy because if they're if they're on the ground something ain't right you know? yep um you're, you're troubleshooting yeah exactly that's exactly what it is but it's yeah. like like you're i said it, it just starts with okay what's the like what's the problem it's not eating okay like check temps is it hydrated you know is it does it look like does it look like shit um yeah you know what is like what are the what are the crap you know what is the what do the poops look like um, you know, urates, are they off colored? Okay. You know, maybe they're a little green. All right. So maybe we probably need to make sure we're getting hydrated maybe pump a mouthful of water. Um, yeah. Just, are they, are they wrinkly? Right. You know, just are they, are they down, like blowing bubbles? Right. You know, wheezing. Are you hearing anything? You seeing the, you know, mucus Are you seeing it opening its mouth periodically because it's struggling to breathe. You know, just like top down, like, like I said, top down, just start looking at the basics, like temperatures. Okay. Those are good. All right. What else am I, might, might be off size of the cage. All right. It might be too big. That's maybe the issue. Let's try something smaller. Does that fix the problem? If not, you yep. keep searching, you know, yep. it's and just to bring up the Cox about his carpets. I don't know what species you got from, from brats, but, uh, the ones I was talking about are Darwin's and they're the sweetest puppy dogs you've ever seen outside of the tub. <laughs> but hey, I don't know. What? I love my poppins. I was just, I was just about to say, I don't know if, uh, I think it was Bratz. I don't want to give credit to the wrong person. It was either you or Bratz. But when I got those IJs, that trio, and they were just not happy animals, like not aggressive. I'm saying they were just, they were just like shy and, and mm -hmm. closed off, weren't eating, they weren't drinking. And I think it was Bratz told me, he's like, dude, put some fake plants in there. And I was yeah, like, probably the tub's clear. The dog's walking by it every day. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. So I did. And dude, now they're champion. They're champion. Yep. And, and Cox, those IJs that I just got that are farmed, farmed. Uh, they're the most mellow snakes ever. So if you got IJs from Bratz, it's not that he produced stupid snakes. It's that they're just awesome. Yeah, I mean, most carpets when they're small are kind of pugnacious, anyways. Even little, you know, even the tame ones when when they were little, they were probably little assholes, just because that's how most carpets are when they're yeah. when they're tiny, scared of everything. You know, the one yep. I got from Riley, that's a little guy. He was he was kind of an ass when I got him. He's pretty chill now. I can handle him without any problems. But bro, Riley is so happy about that water python. Right, 
That fool messed like he sent us a video the other night. I guess he had a baby Antaresia that died. He's had a few that just haven't been eating. He can't get them going. Like no matter what he tries, they're just not starting. And I think he lost one. And he sent us a video of him. He fed it to the Apatora. And watching that was just bizarre, man. Like it's so weird to see a python eating a python. Eating a python, yeah. It's really, really weird. I was like, this is like the Twilight Zone, man. This is kind of weirding me out. And you can tell, you can just tell, like, obviously, I don't know him nearly as well as you know him. I just know him from listening to podcasts and maybe the occasional bullshit on Instagram. But you do, he loves that snake. Yeah. He loves he that does. snake. Yep. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, I'm getting summoned. Do what you got to do, my friend. I think this was a good episode. I enjoyed it. It was a good episode. Thank you for all I enjoyed watched. it, too. Thank you to Sean, all the watch. If you're still listening, I will be hitting you up. I'm sorry, Phil. Yeah, I actually just messaged you on Facebook, Sean, so you will see that hopefully. Cox, we love you, and we're sad that you will not be joining us at the Fest of Fests. And uh, yeah. Snake Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. All right, man. <laughs> have a good night. Later. Bye.